0: Hallelujah. Uh, Sunday school class, you're going to just be dismissed. We're going to change a little bit of the order this morning. So if you're in the Sunday school, you may be dismissed. If you're a teacher, Pastor Louise has a verse that she'd like to read. And then Pastor Daniel mentioned testimonies. I want to take a few moments this morning... And I want to rehearse some testimonies. So if anybody here has a testimony of what God did last week or even what God has done in the last month or month and a half, if you've got a testimony, we're going to take an opportunity. We're not going to be able necessarily to catch them all, but I want to give two or three chances for people to, to give a testimony.
1: I just um, found the scripture verse that keys off from what uh, Josh was saying. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures, for with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light we shall see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Then the next verse he turns to those who are against us. Let not the foot of pride come against me. Let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. And my uh, concordance says there is the act of violence they are overthrown
0: it's a signal defeat amen. amen amen does anybody here have a testimony that they would like to share anybody Pastor Nelson, Brad, and Veronica, okay? Veronica and Brad, why don't you come first?
2: Well, the testimony is about, um, well, most part of the, you know that I haven't traveled with my back. Um, last week when everybody was praying for me, um, my back was technically like this twist twist Twisted. twist and every time when the pastor started praying was turning and turning and i was feeling like like i say oh my gosh oh my gosh, because it was like pain, painful so all these weeks i worked for many hours uh sitting and so when i go up. It was like, well, weeks ago, right? It was like so much pain. And this week, I started, well, continues with my work. And I was like, relax. Like, I go, I usually hate to go up the stairs, go down, because it's painful. But now I feel really, really good. And Amen. it's because what Jesus done on the cross for, for me, right? Amen. Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Pastor Nelson.
3: You want me to stand here? I like, is this the spot here? Um, I've had uh, deteriorated hips and a lot of pain. Uh, it's all gone. And. Uh, I think two years ago, I saw the doctor, and he says, well, you have arthritis, and you have this, and you have that. And I said, well, what can you do? He says, you can do nothing. But God did something. And, it's, it, and then my lower back was, and it's, the pain is just gradually going away. Yes. So I went up to the cabin and worked this week, and it was like, wow, this is real. And I was sitting there when Pastor David, not you, but the other David, The prophet, he said, hips, knees, and ankles, and boom. It's like, wow, this works. Amen? Amen? And by the way, I suffered the pain for several years. But God told me this, and I was sharing with David this morning. What he said is actually what will happen. Amen. Amen. Is there
0: anybody else who wants to give a testimony of God's goodness? Going once, going twice, sold. Hallelujah. Can you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 15? Except for 20 minutes. You can put a 20-minute timer on there. It's five or nothing. nothing. (laughs) We'll set it for five times four. I want to take a few moments this morning, and I want to talk about testimony. I want to talk about the power of testimony, because there is a power that accompanies testimony. And. Sometimes, uh, well, sometimes, I remember years ago, we would regularly have testimonies in church, and for some reason, schedule, order of the service, which I pushed, um, other things get in the way, but we need to celebrate what God has done. We need to celebrate what God has done. We don't need to get jealous of what he's done for someone else, but what we need to say is, if he's done it for them, he can do it for me. Amen? Amen. God is not a respecter of person. He doesn't say, well, David will get this, but this so-and-so won't. It's available for all. So when you hear some amazing testimony, you have the Portion the inheritance in the relationship that you have with Jesus and with the Father to say, Father, you've done that for my brother or my sister. I need the same. And he's okay with that. So I want to show you something. The first thing I want you to see, and we're going to look at that in Exodus 15, is God actually established a testimony. So when we talk about testimony and we look at it biblically, God actually established a testimony with the children of Israel and he established and he set it up for a reason. He set it up so that they could see his steadfastness, his truth, his reliability, his accountability and the fact that he would never fail them. So I want you to see something interesting. A number of weeks ago, I preached a sermon on some of the legality or the judicial terms in the Bible. The Bible is a book full of legal terminology. And the importance of that or the the aspect of that that affects us is the fact that when God made a covenant, a testament, there are words in that covenant that he lives by. I find it interesting that we make contracts, but when you look at marriage, marriage is not a marriage contract, it's a marriage covenant, and there's a difference between contract and covenant. Now, some covenants that God has with us, he establishes, and he says this, this, and this, and then we say yes, yes. but there's other covenants that God establishes that he just says, this is what I'm going to do for you. There's some covenants when he went to Abram and he said, Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He said that. He didn't say, let's have coffee and let's talk about this and I want to get your feedback. And he just said, no, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He says, and in fact, Abram, I want you to understand this. And then he actually changes his name. You know what? It took him like up to 25 years for him to get the first promise to see it happen. But God did not leave him. God did not forsake him. And when you look at that, you'll see encounter after encounter after encounter. But God established that covenant, and it says that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And we, we refer to Abraham as the father of faith. And so we see that the covenant that he established, when God went to Noah, he says, you know what? I'm going to destroy this earth. I want you to build a flood. He ast- and then he, he, at the end of that, uh, built an, an ark. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's messing with me right now. or, But he built the ark, and then God's, at the end of that, God had a rainbow, and to this day, the colors of the rainbow have never changed. The reason for the rainbow has never ended. The story behind, every time you see the rainbow, it is a reminder of what God has established and God said would never change. So I want you to see something here. God speaks to Moses, and in Exodus 15, and I want you to look at about verse 34, and you could read more of it, but this says, and the Lord commanded Moses so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. And that's the first time you, were, you see the word testimony used in the Bible. And if you study the Bible and if you study how to interpret the Bible, what you want to do is you want to go back to what they call the first reference or the law of first reference or the law of first mention. Because when you see how it's used the first time, that's established how it used and, and is exampled through the Scripture. So that is a precedent. And what I want you to see is the aspect of testimony is something God established. God was the first one to say, you know what? I'll make a testimony to you. And it's a legal term. It's it's a similar term to the word witness. And that word testimony here is actually referring to another thing that they call the Ark of the Covenant. It's a similar thing. In fact, it's the same thing. He uses the word testimony in other aspects referring to the Ark of the Covenant. But when he referred to there, this passage, the testimony, he was referring to the Ark of the Covenant. One of the things he put in the Ark of the Covenant within that was he put the Ten Commandments. Another thing he put in there was manna. Do you know for 40 years, the children of Israel, every single day were fed by God. Now, I did the math once, and it's like 13, 14,000 days. Every single day for 40 years, God gave them, what is this? They didn't even know what it was. And he said, I want you to take a jar of that and put that in the testament or in the testimony. Another thing he did was he put a rod in there because there were people were complaining about who should be making the rules and who should be leading and who should be doing. So God says, you know what? I want one rod for each one of the tribes of Israel. And there was 12 tribes. He says, put them in this area and come back there tomorrow. He says, and the one that's budding is the one that's going to be the one speaking. And he says, and put your names on it. So they put their names of the tribes down. The next day they come, Moses comes and he comes out of there and Aaron's rod budded and it actually had almonds on it. A rod. A stick. Nobody else's did. He put that in there. Why? Because he was showing his covenant that he was establishing and his testimony that was going to the people. So when we speak of testimony in this setting, what we're doing is we are rehearsing what Jesus and what God has done for you and me. And if you come up and you have a testimony and it's filled with I, 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 you know what? I'm okay with that. Because what we're doing is we're learning how to give God the glory. And I want each one of you to know what your testimony is. And the first thing I want you to understand is your testimony is established by God. That's important because God never fails. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he said it back then, he'll still live it today. Sometimes we equate God with what he does. We need to learn to equate God with who he is. You don't fall in love with somebody because of what they do. You fall in love with somebody because who they are. Because what they do might change. We're doing pre-marriage counseling with a few couples, and what they do actually might drive each other crazy at times. (laughs) Pastor Winona and I have shared a few of those crazy days. But she didn't fall of, in love with me for what I did. She fell in love with me, fell in love with me for who I was. <laughs> Testimony is not man's idea, it's God, I, God's idea. And if you look at the covenant, the, I mean, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the top of that ark had some cherubim. And in the middle, between the wings, the wings of the chairman, they would face each other. And in that middle, there was a cloud of glory. And what was amazing is when Moses settled and, and they, they, they built the tabernacle, the place, the houses, there was the outer court, the inner court, and then they had a place called the Most Holy, the Holy of Holies. And one day a year, the high priest would go in there and he'd visit the testimony. One day a year. That's what they lived at in the Old Covenant. Then Jesus came, and I'll show you in the Scriptures, where he fulfilled the high priest, and he is now called our high priest. And when he went in to the Holy of Holies, To the Father, he presented his blood and he ripped the veil and he made a way that that curtain was open and now we experience every single day the glory of God in our lives. And that is connected to the testament or the testimony of God. If you can turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, I want to just show you those verses. Hebrews chapter 10. You say, why are you talking about this? I believe that when we share each other's I I believe there's more testimonies in here than we realize. Don't be afraid. And... Sometimes we're afraid. If I share the testimony of what God's done, is it going to get taken away from me? Has anybody ever thought that? If I say I've been healed, and then tomorrow I get another pain in my back, what do I do? You've been healed. I think sometimes we... we 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 get afraid to share of the testimony of God. I want to tell you, share his testimony. You say, well, it's a work in progress. Great, your testimony is a work in progress as well. David, when he looked at Goliath, he didn't wait till Goliath was down on the ground dead. He looked at him when he was alive and said, I'm going to kill you. And I think sometimes we need to say it before we slay it. We need, oh, my wife and I, my wife is going through some medical things. I believe she's healed. And that's what I'm standing on. And don't, don't come here and say, well, what if? I don't care about your what ifs. I care about my God is. My God is. He's the healer. And sometimes you say, well, just when it gets over, then I'll have the testimony. I'd like to challenge you and say, can you speak of the words of life when there is no life? Can you have a testimony of God's goodness before something happens? Can you say, my God is good? If you read the Psalms, David does complain and he does bear his soul to God and he says, where are you? But he also says, you are most holy, you are most good. And he gives him thankfulness even before he gets the victory. It's easy to give God thanks after the victory. Are you ready to give him thanks before the victory? Jesus in, in, is shown here in Hebrews 10. And I want to read just a few verses out of this. He's our high priest. Verse, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, so in the Old Testament it was once a day, uh, once a year, now we say we have confidence to enter the holy place by a new and living way which he, Jesus, inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, listen to what he says, because of this, Let us draw near with a sincere heart. You can draw near because of the testimony of Jesus. I'm not worthy. No, it's the testimony of Jesus. It's the testimony of Jesus. It's not your works. It's not... As Pastor Nelson said, can you imagine what state we'd be in if our thoughts controlled what God would do? God is able. He says, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. You can have full assurance of faith because of what Jesus did. Why, why do I? Because of what Jesus did. Man, we complicate it. It's what Jesus did. It's not six this and seven that and three this and forward, backwards, towards, do the hokey pokey and turn. It's not that. It's what Jesus did. Can we keep it simple? When I was in computer school in UBC, he taught us the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. And then I just said, keep it simple, Stunenberg, because I didn't like to. But we complicate what God has done. Because of Jesus, one word, Jesus. That's the name above all names. Undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And if I could say it like Don King, I would. His name is Jesus. He's never lost his belt. He's never been defeated. He's never been revoked of that. He has that. He's won it once and he's never had to lose it. He's defended it and he won it and it is his forever, all time. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to hook myself up with any wagon, that's the wagon I'm going to go with. Jesus, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure heart, pure water. It's amazing. He doesn't just care about your spirit. He also cares about your body. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Look at somebody and say, he's faithful. Quit using buts. Quit using what ifs. I'll be honest with you. Some of what I'm saying, I'm saying to myself. There's, I'm learning this. I'm reminded of the children, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. <laughs> Abednego. The three Hebrew children. And when they were thrown into the fire that was so hot that the guys who threw them in died. You know what they said before they went in? To the effect of, listen, we'll go in And if we die, we're not going to change our mind about who we will bow down to and who we will not bow down to. And our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we'll go in. And he's still God. And sometimes I think we have this caveat. Well, as long as I get through this, I'll give you praise and glory. No, even if I don't get through this, he still gets praise and he still gets glory and he still gets honor. If we had an organ playing right now, it might be doing like, and and you'd be standing up (laughs) and shouting. But we don't have an organ. I know next week somebody's going to say, hey, I found an organ. Can you turn in your Bible to 1 John? Jesus is our high priest. And I want you to see that Jesus is our testimony. 1 John. Chapter 5. Now we'll start in verse 9, and I'm just going to read two or three verses there. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this that he has testified concerning his son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Jesus is our testimony. So as we talk about sharing testimonies, I... If you start using the word i i i that's fine but certain sometime you're going to start to go Jesus 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 because it's what Jesus did in my life. He changed my life. And our testimony isn't necessarily although what I've gone through but our testimony is because of what Jesus did for me. I now have life. Because Jesus healed my diseases. I now live. It's not because I took the Atkins diet or I did this diet. Or I, it's because of what Jesus did in my life. Jesus is our testimony and it's eternal life. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 8 it says... Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. And Paul's talking, and he says, don't be afraid of the testimony of Jesus, nor of me. I don't have any issue with you having a testimony. We need to have testimonies. We need to have testimonies, because a testimony will share of what Jesus has done and how he's been victorious in our life. Because I'm over 50 years old. I'm getting older every day. But what I've learned is we can't do it. I can't do it. I believe in positive thinking. I believe in biblical thinking. I believe in that. But without Jesus... Without Jesus, without Jesus, without the work that He did, the victory that He bought, the words, it is finished, without those in my life, you know what? All the positive thinking can just go down the drain. Because of what Jesus did, I have victory. Because of what Jesus did, I have health. Because of what Jesus did, I have strength. Because of what Jesus did, I have prosperity. Because of what Jesus did, I have health. Because of what Jesus did, I have wealth. Because of what Jesus did, I have peace. Because of what Jesus did, I don't have worry. Because of what Jesus did, I don't fear. Because of what Jesus did, I have strength. And we need to put Jesus into our testimony and we need to see what he has done for us. The last thing I want you to see, we saw that like God established this, how a testimony, and he established it. We saw that Jesus had a testimony. I want you to know you have a testimony. And if you turn over to Revelation, chapter 12. Who here likes to be an overcomer? Who here realizes by the sheer definition of overcomer means you had an obstacle? I was sharing with somebody, I didn't realize how painful a miracle is. We all want miracles, (laughs) but I'm not sure we realize the pain to get to that place. childbirth, one of the most amazing miracles in the world. And us guys, we've got it easy. But you talk to a woman, and that pain is the worst thing they've ever endured. But the treasure that comes out of that pain is the most treasured thing they ever have. So if you want to live a life that says, I want a testimony, I'm here to tell you, there's going to be a test. If you say, well, I'd like to be an overcomer, I'm here to tell you there are things that you will have to get over. You'll have to overcome. If you say, I'd like to be a conqueror, and I want to be a conqueror, then there are things that you will need to see defeated. What's amazing about all of this is the battle stance is be ready, and the battle, Lord, is the Lord's. Look at David. Look at Gideon. Look at all the battles and and see what God did. Time after time, be still and know that I'm God. You wake up the next morning and the army is defeated and they go, what happened? All we did was we dug a trench and water filled in that trench. But the other army thought it was blood. Blood. And they freaked out and they came down thinking, you know what? They killed themselves and they came down. And then the army of Israel was able to win the battle. But when you read that story, you see the distress and the anxiety and the anguish that those people had. I'm here to tell you, you may have anguish, you may have anxiety, you may have... But God is greater And you have a testimony. His name is Jesus. But I want you to see something here in Revelation 12. Verse 10, it says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Your testimony has a part to play. And they loved not their lives unto death. The value they placed on their life was, I'm all in, and I'm his. But what I want you to see in this is the power of the testimony actually was one of the ingredients that saw them overcome. Power of your testimony. Think about this. Your testimony is quite often words. The words you speak. Think about this just real simply in about a minute and a half here. I want to throw something at you and I want to mess with you. How was the world created? Words. Words. The world was created by words. God spoke. In John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. I heard one guy say the name Jesus actually was his earthly name. His eternal name is Word. I found that interesting. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Same was in the beginning with him. All things were made by him and without him nothing that was made was made. Your testimony... When you speak, the words that you speak have more power than you realize. It says in the Bible, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your testimony, yes, it's the way you live, but also it's the words you speak. Think about the power of your testimony by the fact that words create. You don't think they create? Go to any family and you see how the words have impacted and created images or ceilings or barriers for children or husbands or wives. But the power of your testimony, using the name Jesus in it, the actual word, Can you imagine that? You've got the most powerful thing. You've got the word and you speak the word. I'm here to tell you, start declaring your testimony now. Start speaking your testimony now.